on a national scale that care more about issues like the presidency and like the Middle East. And uh, one frequent guest to our program, Alan Dershowitz, uh, is hopping mad over comments made by former President Obama with regard to this whole situation. Alan Dershowitz, the author of many books, including the most recent Get Trump, uh, The Threat to Civil Liberties, uh, and Dershowitz on Killing, which I think is maybe coming out or is out now, uh, how the law decides who shall live and who shall die. Alan Dershowitz with us right now. Hello, Alan. Well, yeah, thanks. I've been pretty busy the last month. On October 7th, I started writing a new book called War Against the Jews, and I finished it today. So um, one month, uh, maybe in the Guinness <laughs> wow. Book of Records, we'll see. Wow, uh, you're, you're event, my hero. I'm outraged at what Obama said and the way he said it. You know, the idea that the occupation is un- unbearable, um, to the extent that life in Gaza is unbearable, it had nothing to do with Israel. Israel left in 2005, left behind hothouses and farm equipment, millions of dollars of money, left every single Israeli soldier and sailor left. And then it was taken over by, in a coup, by Hamas, who destroyed it and made life unbearable for the people of, of Gaza. Um, and, 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 and as far as the West Bank is concerned, he's been to Ramallah. I've been to Ramallah. Ramallah is the nicest city in all of Israel. It's nicer than Jerusalem. And it's safer than Jerusalem because there's no terrorism. High-tech stores, fancy cars, a lot of rare European fancy cars, very wealthy, high per capita income. There's no occupation to speak of. There are parts of the West Bank that are occupied, Janine, because terrorism comes from there. But he makes it sound like the occupation is completely the fault of, of Israel. Israel offered to end the occupation in 2008, 2000, 2001. There was negotiations to try to, to end it even in the past seven, seven or eight years. And the Palestinians always said no, as I've even once said Palestinian leaders don't know how to take yes for an answer. And to, in the same sentence, talk about these brutal, yes, he said there was no justification. But when you say that life is unbearable, you have to make it bearable. It, in the same sentence, it makes right. it sound like there is some justification. And th- that's exactly how I took it, too. It's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's the timing and the placement of that word. When you are talking yeah. about uh, a, 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 a blindside, 9-11, Pearl Harbor-type type attack of brutal murder where the tapes are now available, and I'm glad that Israel is showing these tapes to everybody, and even Congress is going to see them, of, of because they filmed them. They had the audacity to come in and film these murders, which they claim were just a military operation while they're shooting grandmothers and children. That should be all that should be talked about. And, and somebody like him and a former president should say, there'll be a time to talk about a two-state solution. Right yeah. now, the world should be outraged at Hamas. When you say, well, you know, yeah, what Hamas did was terrible, but the occupation, what you do is you put them on the same level. Of course, the analogy would be somebody, uh, Southern racist, saying, oh, you know, the lynching of all those uh, African-Americans in the South, uh, that was without justification. Uh, on the other hand, the high crime rate, among African-Americans is also unacceptable. You don't put it in the same sentence. Right. You don't compare you don't it in any way. And he, he, he gave a lot of support implicitly to the students who are now involved in these uh, protests. By the way, right. there has not been a single pro-Palestinian protest since October 7th. Not a single one. Not a single one called for a Palestinian state, a two-state solution. They are all anti-Israel pro-Hamas, 
pro-terrorism protest and not pro-Palestinian. If you're pro-Palestinian, you want the two-state solution, you want the peace. That's not what these protests are all about. And remember, they started way before Israel ever entered into Gaza. The first protests were October 8th, where right. 33 Harvard When Israel was still wiping, wiping up the blood. Yeah. Yeah, people yeah. were saying, well, see, what do you want? You occupied us. And and yeah. now you you know Obama. You've worked with Obama. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your comments were, were caught my attention because you said, I'm never talking to him again. That's right. Uh, he doesn't, he, he clearly is not a man of his word. And he went back and he once told you, I've got Israel's back. Elaborate on that. Well, I was his friend. Um, I knew him as a student at Harvard. Um, his mentor was my closest friend on the faculty. And so I spent time talking to him. He invited me to the White House a number of times, invited me to the Oval Office just before the re-election, and he promised me that he would have Israel's back. And uh, and then he allowed, at the last days in office, that's when I really broke my relationship with him, the last days in office, he uh, demanded that the uh, uh, representative to the UN not veto a one-sided resolution that declared the Western Wall to be illegally occupied territories. And we know what Obama means by illegally occupied territory. The Western Wall, access road to Hebrew University, Hadassah Hospital. You know, does he believe Tel Aviv is occupied territory? I don't know. But he has had such a broad definition of occupied. And he did it just to get even personally with Netanyahu he hated. So that's really when I terminated my relationship. Well, then when I saw this... I thought it was just despicable. And, you know, we're neighbors. He he shared a, 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 a hedges with me. I, his house was across the hedges from mine for two years on Martha's Vineyard. And I'll tell you a funny story about that. So I had my 75th birthday, and, of course, I invited him, and the Secret Service said yes, and they made a pathway between the bushes so we didn't have to go out on the road. And then I get a call from the White House saying, oh, we hear that you also invited Geraldo Rivera. President can't come if Geraldo Rivera is there, so please disinvite Geraldo Rivera. And I said, I'm sorry, but would you tell the president that uh, he's not welcome? I mean, I'm not um, going to disinvite my friend Geraldo Rivera just because the president doesn't want to be uh, at a birthday party with Geraldo Rivera. So uh, the president didn't come to my birthday party. Uh, but did they at least Rivera fixed did. a hole in your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he sent me. He did send me a handwritten note saying. Keep up the great mischief. I don't think he would write that note about me today uh, anymore. But uh, look, I think he hid very well his anti-Israel biases uh, while he was president, particularly during his first term. And I think the truth is now coming out. And what he said, the problem is he's poured gasoline on the fire. He is being quoted now a lot by these uh, Hitler youth that are marching uh, through the streets calling for death to the Jews and gas the Jews. Now, he doesn't support any of that, of course. But when you say, essentially, that, well, life's unbearable, uh, and, and, and then, well, then there are these events, these killings, it, it sends a message to young people, well, maybe it's not justified, at least it's understandable. Well, when he says everybody's culpable, that basically says, you know, Israel, Israel, give us your hand. Hamas, give us your hand. Yeah. You guys are you guys are equally guilty in this situation. Yeah. And I'm sorry, and but it's not. Saying, and, and he's not equally culpable with uh, Clinton. Clinton tried very hard to get peace, came very close to it. Uh, Obama didn't. 
He didn't do anything during his eight years um, to bring us closer to peace. He may be culpable, but both Trump and um, um, and and Clinton at least tried their best. Trump did produce the Abraham Accords. Uh, Clinton did produce what looked like a phenomenal deal. Ninety five percent of the West Bank end of occupations. And then, of course, uh, Ed Olmert, the same thing, uh, made a tremendous offer. And the Palestinians said no. Right. And uh, so the occupation is, you know, at least in part the fault of, uh, of the Palestinian Authority and Hamas as well. Yeah. And so, you know, there's going to be no peace unless Hamas is destroyed. And efforts to try to get a ceasefire will actually cause more death than having no ceasefire. Yeah. Because if you have a ceasefire and Hamas can do this again and again and again and again, and, you know, they have a cycle. They know what they're doing. They're killing Israelis. Then they're putting their rockets and terrorist tunnels among civilians, knowing that Israel will inevitably have to kill some civilians who are being used as human shields. Then the world will condemn Israel, and then they'll start again and again and again and again, and there'll be more and more and more deaths. And so I think allowing Israel to shut down Hamas will save lives. Alan Dershowitz, uh, you can get his uh, latest books. Uh, well, probably if you wait a couple of weeks, you can get this new one that he just finished. <laughs> That's right. No, uh, you can get this in advance. You can get it right now uh, on right. Amazon.com. Yeah, wow. Order it. Wow. Or I don't know how you do it. Yeah. You, you do in a month. You Hot do in a month press. what it takes yeah. me a year and a half. Yeah, but, but your book was, I mean, I'm still reading your book. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I knew Maury, and uh, what, what a great, that brought back so many good memories for me Thank and you. other things. So Thank good, you, yeah. Alan. I appreciate you coming on as always. Thank you. Sure. Alan Dershowitz at 760 WJR.